Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Here we are again for another Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts that bring a light to our world. And I got another light here right in front of me, Emily Mancini. Hello, Emily. How are you today? Doing pretty great. How about yourself, Heather? Hey, rocking it out like usual, you know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where are you coming to us today from? St. Petersburg, Florida. So 85 degrees and sunny today, if you can believe it. It's my first winter here. So I'm still astounded by the wonderful weather. Oh, I bet. That's a, that's awesome. I, I love St. Petersburg. As a kid, I was uh, living in Illinois at the time and my family, we always did the drive down for spring break to Florida. And so been to St. Petersburg and oh my gosh, wait a minute. Uh, you have the best, second best Dolly Museum in the world. Yeah, actually, we just became members and they have a Van Gogh projection exhibit. We're super excited to go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I am. As much as I, you know, am in the tech world, I was a theater major and I'm a total art dork. So I have been to that museum and I love Salvador Dali. And the thing about that, that's great. It's got his masterworks. Right. So anything, I think, greater than six by six feet, I believe so. And it's got to be worked on over a certain amount of time. So, yeah, I I'm like, I'm like, I can totally, I'm like, I need to come visit that. That sounds fun. (laughs) We have that uh, art in common and our alma mater. I also went to University of Washington. And when I had gone, I was transferring from an art school and had the plan of double majoring. Um, Didn't end up working out because they closed their fibers department. But it's interesting how many people in the tech world do also have some of that theater or art background and draw, which I love. Yeah, for sure. I saw the Art Institute of Chicago on your, in your LinkedIn. So so were you in Chicago for that or was that an online deal? I was, yeah. So my first two years I was there focusing on fibers and material studies. So like conceptual quilting and embroidery. And then had this moment of realizing that I didn't want to be a practicing artist for the rest of my life. I just loved doing it. So maybe that wasn't the right choice of career and ended up transferring to University of Washington for English literature. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. I think the, the room... Uh, the Impressionist Room, I would, I lived in Wheaton, Illinois, and mm-hmm. so drove in, in high school, I said I was going to the mall, but I drive in to the Art Institute. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd think it'd be some more nefarious than that, like I was yeah. like, you know, like hanging out with my friends doing bad things. No, I was driving in and going to the Art Institute and sitting there and staring at the painting. So that's super cool. So, uh, and I was like, you have a you beautiful pillows and you've got such a like, lovely pace behind you. So yeah, Thank so you. yeah. Um, so goodness, St. Petersburg, how'd you get there? Uh, good question. So we, my husband and I just moved from Massachusetts in May. So we were one Got of it. the pandemic movers where we bought the house and hoped that we liked it when we showed up, which was kind of exciting. Wow. Yeah. And uh, really, it just came from wanting warmth. I wasn't mm-hmm. a huge fan of winter and I grew up in New York. So yeah. since day one of dating my husband, I kept saying that I wanted to go somewhere warmer. So sure. we finally did it. And yeah. I'm just so thrilled to have year round biking and boating and this fantastic weather. Yeah, that's super awesome. So from New York, where in New York? Warwick, New York. So in Orange County, it's kind of south along the border, about an hour, hour and a half north of the city. 
Got it. Okay, that's cool. Neato. And uh, we were just, uh, folks, we were we were talking about, it's like, we know each other, but then we were like, where and how? You know, you have these relationships with with colleagues and technology sometimes where you've like worked together a ton and it, either it's only been email or you've seen each other. So we, we, we think we figured SharePoint Saturday, <laughs> New York. Um, so thank you, Tom, uh, for that. Tom Daly for that. Uh, but other folks for always bringing great people together. So I was like, yeah. And I was like, ooh, we, I was talking to some friends and doing some Facebook posts and they were like, Emily, Emily. And I was like, yes. I was like, of course, let's have her on. So, yeah. So, so you were one of like, like me, like, I guess Liz also was, you know, in music and there's a bunch of us, like you were saying that have like these artsy theater or, you know, music art backgrounds. And so you started there and then decided, so what are you doing now with art? Good question. Um, not as much as I would like. I think okay. I have to do a little bit better of a job with work-life work balance there. I was actually yeah. just talking about it with my husband today, but I really like stained glass and that's something that I've started to play around with. Oh, wow. I like the dimensionality of it mm -hmm. and it's similar to quilting when you think about it because you're taking pieces and you're piecing together items, right? Sure. So when it comes to constructing those visuals, it's something I'm pretty comfortable with. Yeah. But as a as a klutz, it's mildly terrifying with my soldering, but I've done pretty good so far. No ER trips yet. So I'm pretty proud. <laughs> oh my God. I have been, I had another friend yesterday. He said that during the pandemic he's taken up he's taken up quilting. Cool. Yeah. I was just like, right on. Okay. The cool in the gang, wool in the gang. It's a <laughs> It's a UK company, of course. I was like, they have the best names for things. So it's totally awesome. So that's great. Yeah. So, and you are, tell everybody what you're currently doing or what's your work, work, work for right now. Yeah. Sure. I'm an architect at Simpraxis Consulting. I focus on information architecture and user experience, and I'm primarily doing a lot of the out-of-the-box site builds and helping organizations implement Microsoft 365, understand where they can go with it and help in their change management and governance of their environments. Yeah. And you have an awesome uh, blog and website out there in the world. Tell everybody about that. Uh, emilymancini.com. Yeah. So I list all of my speaking engagements and I do a lot of work in writing with the Microsoft community content, the PNP initiative to have more documentation in addition to docs.microsoft.com. And I reflect all of those articles on there as well. So talking a lot about just these micro topics of user experience, I call them Emily's cliff notes. So trying to make shorter videos of, yeah. okay, what does it mean to to have a link and deliver them to the correct place? And how do we write this micro copy? How do we focus on these smaller user experience interactions and have them impact your larger experience navigating your intranets? Yeah, that's super cool. So tell everybody what PNP means and stands for, if you would. Sure. So it's yeah. the Patterns and Practices team. So I know that they uh, lead a lot of the community initiatives for Microsoft Community. And yep. I'm part of the Sharing is Caring team and one of the Microsoft Community Content Repo owners. That's super cool. Yeah. So we have a lot of tech people on the air, but we also have lots of folks who are like, huh? So I like to... <laughs> Any acronyms? I'm always like, let's talk the acronyms. So, it's super cool. I mean, I the so folk listeners like a lot of you know this already, but it's sort of like there's documentation that comes out, right? That's like um, there's support documents, and then there's like the how-to documents, and then kind of getting into like these like the small moments that you're talking about. It's like I don't know. I think some of the things that can be the most sort of breakthrough are these teeny tiny moments of digital digital literacy that 
could change everything for somebody. I mean, are you find that these aha moments, like, I don't know, do you get to see the, the fruits of your labor, I guess, from that? I do. I, that's one of my favorite parts. So I have a training in leadership development background. Okay. And one of my favorites is working with our clients and coaching them through implementation. And, you know, we'll build out their better practices and their right. governance for how their site should look. And I'll share a lot of these little UX tips and user research numbers to help support which guidance we're following. And watching them start implementing it and seeing them build it on their own and successfully make this content is my absolute favorite part. Part of my job. Because yeah. whenever you think about your online interactions, how much it impacts somebody and how stressful and awful it can be mm -hmm. if it's done poorly yep. compared to really supporting your colleagues and helping them be more productive and how true collaboration comes out of that. I just love creating that little world with people. Yeah, that's super cool. It's a very cool job. And I don't know, I find that uh, with user adoption, that was when I was running around speaking, that was my gig as well, you know, doing user end user adoption chats and, and campaigns and stuff. And I always felt that like the biggest, not the biggest, but one of the biggest impediments was just simply fear, you know, that people would rather either not do something or, you know, let it just slide than actually ask the question of how do I do this? Do you find that Definitely. that's the case too? Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's it's hard when we're put in these positions to be the leader of something or the expert yeah. of something and then to admit that we don't know. But at the end of the day, when we ask for that help, we're going to create such a better product and a better solution. And I know that's something that I think about a lot is the further you get in your IT career, you never want to lose that, right? So right. we talked a little bit about, you know, lifelong learner where having that mindset makes it easier, where it's not like you have to prove yourself. And then that helps reduce that fear a little bit of, well, yeah. if I know I'm going to be learning for the rest of my life, I know that there's tons I, I don't know. So I don't have to act like I do. Yeah. I think that, do you feel like, I feel that that's changed over the last, let's say 10 years, you know, do you feel that too? I would say so. I think that people are talking about it more and really yeah. focusing as we talk about things like mental health more and collaboration yeah. more naturally, this conversation comes into it too. And I'm thankful because I think we're all the better for it. Yeah, I am too. I feel like the culture of like, you know, it's like, who's smarter and I'm going to haze somebody. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, you don't know that. Or, you know, from the, you know, from the cacophony of the back of the room, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Right. You know, you know, and the, I think that that kind of that culture is sort of we're, we're one calling it out and we're talking about it, too. And when you have people like Satina Della and other folks talking about being a learn it all instead of a know it all, it supports that. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, what kind of friends are you going to make if you kind of show them up in that situation <laughs> versus, you know, give them the set so they can spike it, like help them get there. Yeah. You know, and everyone right. looks better. You look nice and supportive. They look great. That's such a win. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're super. I love that analogy. That's great. Well, and you work for an awesome company. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was my dream. Um, I, I worked with Simpraxis. Uh, actually, I was a solo platform owner for a while at a biotech, and they were one of our partners for our custom uh, okay. development. Great. And I had this secret dream for so long, like maybe one day I can work there. And when it worked out, it was just, it's been uh, just over a year and a half of pure okay. bliss. That's awesome. So shout out to Julie and, and Mark and yeah. So yeah, they're, they're also such thoughtful people and thoughtful in both just kindness and then thoughtful as far as like 
the stuff that they put out into the world. Like I think your company and you know the company you're keeping um, are known for that, right? And that, isn't that great? You know that you don't always get that. <laughs> it's super special. I feel incredibly fortunate for how I came into Microsoft 365 and the mentors that I've had along the whole journey. I just I think about it every day, and hopefully, I'm hoping that I pass on the same back into the community now. Yeah, absolutely. I've been. You know, it's community is interesting. I I was kind of. I've been a little surprised with, you know, I took a job in June back in, you know, on the Power Platform team. And it's it's definitely like community is community on the whole, but there's still lots of silos where people just work on their own little little thing, you know? And it's like, when when you say Microsoft community, what do you mean? That's a really good question. And I know today I have to do the video of my one word for community for the MVP Summit. So I've been thinking about it all day. Ah, ah, um, okay, there we go. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with uh, camaraderie. So yeah. I think about community as not only people who are actively contributing, but just people who are around to openly talk about it and socialize right. it. I don't think you have to be someone that is a developer or making samples or even writing articles, but someone who's just interested in exploring the space with each other and sharing knowledge. Right. Yeah. There's, yeah, it's, I think it's, what's great is that there's room for everyone, hopefully, right? Yeah, that we absolutely. are making room for every everyone, whether you're just kind of like going, what is this? Or if you're the person producing everything, you know, and it runs the gamut for sure. Yeah. Um, How long have you been an MVP? Uh, Let's see, 28 days. I was like, I I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) It was very, very exciting. It's uh, definitely, thank you so much. It's, uh, I don't think I've stopped talking about it for the past 28 days. So it's been, it's been a really cool month. Absolutely. We hit the full moon today. So there you go. You got, you've had a a cycle (laughs) or last night, I guess, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. So um, how long have you been speaking uh, out in the world? about subject, tech subjects? Ah, so out in the world, probably the same amount of time that I've been at Simpraxis actually, or just before. Um, I did, I used to speak a lot at my organization. We're about 1500 people. And I spoke at our, you know, monthly events all the time and did all our training. And then Mm -hmm. we had a life sciences symposium at our building. That was our first external time. We invited people in and I spoke and met Michael Ronan and he kind of helped me onto my journey for being a consultant. So it's one of those things where if anyone is interested in speaking, do it because it creates these wild connections and completely change your career in ways that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. Because lots of folks, I feel like they, I, I get a lot of questions about how do, how do I get started or where do I go or what do I do? And and for me, it's a lot, you just have to start doing it. It's practice. And putting uh, stuff out there, you know? Absolutely. And I have two good tips for that too, actually. So okay. yeah. sharing is caring is working on a new speaker program. So Mm. for anyone who wants to come, there are always interactive sessions. So you can come, we have presentations, we also practice different items. I'd have to look up um, the actual date, but it's aka.ms 
slash sharing dash is dash caring. And we, I know we have one for March and then my colleague at Simpraxis, Derek Cash Peterson Mm. runs the New Hampshire user group with Jim Wilcox. And they're specifically looking for new speakers and are willing to support them and coach them. Ah. So there's a couple of different outlets in the community for those new speakers. And I, of course, would always be happy to help too. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. That's super cool. So, you know, we dig a little deeper into the sharing is caring piece of it because I, you know, I know, the hashtag and I know a little bit about it, but I we go a little deeper and talk about that, what that is Absolutely. and why. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of the patterns and practices, the PNP team initiatives. I believe Mm -hmm. it first started with David Warner and Hugo Bernier. And the first one that they did was specifically around GitHub and contributing to GitHub Uh because it's a barrier to people being able to share their thoughts and knowledge, whether it be in that Microsoft community content or even some samples right Mm -hmm. into the PNP repo. So they wanted to create a time and a safe space where you could make the clicks live with someone there supporting you and you're doing it in a, you know, demo repo. So if you did anything wrong, it doesn't matter. And this idea of just removing that technology as a barrier to get your thoughts out. Mm -hmm. They've expanded it a lot since then. And there's a quite a few different courses. In addition to that first presenter one, another one we have launching this month is around the maturity model for Microsoft 365 practitioners, which okay. I'm leading in a huge uh, advocate for, if you don't mind if we dive into that a little bit. Too. Oh, I'm all like, bring it. Awesome. Yes, please <laughs> tell me all about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So I know you referenced uh, support.microsoft.com and docs.microsoft.com. Mm-hmm. And we also talked about adoption. Yeah. So when people are first launching Microsoft, sometimes they don't know what you can do yeah. or where they want to go. So the maturity model, which was originally started by Sadie Van Buren about 10 years ago, and we've been updating Mark Anderson, Simon Doy, Simon Hudson have been on the team. Yeah. And we're focusing on identifying levels so people can pick where they want to go. So Mm -hmm. to add to those articles that are in Microsoft community content, we're going to have a monthly meetup so we can all talk about it, all share our knowledge. So speaking of community members, right, you could just come to the meeting and talk. That's another way to be part of it and hear what people are doing. That's super cool. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think with, so for you, um, first of all, that's so cool. I love that. I mean, yeah, you know, and I knew some titterings about that, but I didn't know the the extent. So thanks for that. So everybody sharing is caring. There you go. And the maturity (laughs) model for Microsoft 365. Yeah. And I know, you know, Caruana Gatimo and I, we talk a lot about adoption and her adoption site that she's got up there as well. That's super awesome. And continue. I, I, I basically said to her one point when I was running around, I said, you know, I just take all of the stuff that you put up there and I kind of repurpose it and add my flavor to it. And I present that to other people because it's so good. And she was like, awesome. That's what it's there for. And I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, please, nobody start from scratch. You know, like there are spreadsheets and PowerPoints and all of this stuff that Microsoft and companies like yours create for people that, and that yes, do consultants get paid for their work? Absolutely, and they should. But there's so much also beautiful free content out there that's being created and shared that you can take advantage of. So everybody, please, we'll put some of that stuff in the show notes for sure. We'll put links to all that good jazz so people can find it. So yeah, yeah that adoption website is so powerful. To your point, I love going through all of those resources. And I'd yeah. say that's the higher level plan. And then when you're going to pick out your actual step of how you're setting up your sites, that's kind of where the maturity model mm. comes in. So ah. it's probably a little bit later in your journey. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's nice to know the funnel, the funnel yeah. effect on that. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for you, so we're all, you know, 
it's it's about a yearish, depending on when you heard about COVID and what's been going on. And so, like, I don't know about you, but I'm having lots of conversations with friends and colleagues about sort of like anniversary stuff of like, oh, this was the last time we end uh, and where we are for you. What are some of the biggest changes for you in your life? If you don't mind sharing. Sure. Um, So thinking about anniversaries, we just had the last conference I was in person, right? Was SP Tech Con in San Francisco last February, which was so fun. Um, Followed by Mardi Gras, which, you know, we all talked about at Women in SharePoint at the last meetup, which was great. Yeah. I think uh, I've been really fortunate that the changes helped my husband to go remote, which is what ended up having us be here. Uh So my husband and I actually met at work. Um, so where I worked before joining Simpraxis. So mm-hmm. me actually leaving that company was a really big deal because we'd only ever worked together, commuted together, lived together. We're oh, best wow. friends. We're right. together a lot. <laughs> so me switching companies, we were like, wow, this is going to be wild. So right. then him working remote, I kind of got lunches back with him, which was really nice. Yeah. So sure. we've been trying to focus on a lot of the glass half fulls because my family's all over the US. I haven't seen them in over a year. And that part's really hard. And sitting in the hard part, I found as the months have dragged on is uh, not really serving me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. It's like, you have to really, you have to look at the glass half full. There's so much that's happened to so many people and all of us, you know, all of us have our own, you know what, with this thing. Right. And yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent Wow. Um, for you, uh, the what was the what was the sort of you, you said you had that moment? Like I I had a moment for myself that was about you know I love doing theater, um, and then I was like in need of a job in Seattle, and I reached out to a theater friend, and his wife happened to be running SharePoint when it was called Tahoe. So that's how I got into the mix, and I started writing case studies. Um, and uh, what was your first thing that you did in tech? Like first, li- first, first little project. Little project. So I used to work at a leadership and training development company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was part of a lot of our implementation. So anytime we, any company I'd ever worked at had some kind of software implementation, I was always on the team and I'd yeah. never really thought about it before. My dad was an AT&T systems engineer mm-hmm. and I grew up typing in MS-DOS commands before I could write, but it never <laughs> seemed like a, a thing that I was going to do. Right. So being on all of those implementations, there was a moment where I didn't realize my screen was projecting. Mm-hmm. while we were in a meeting together and we were with some consultants and one of the consultants said, you know, like we couldn't do something. And my, the C uh, chief people officer was like in the room at the time and she was my manager and she saw me Google the answer and then do what they said we couldn't do. And she pulled me aside after and I was terrified because I, you know, I didn't realize my screen was presenting and she just looked at me and said, you're in the wrong job. Let's talk about your development. Cause I see you doing so much over here and right. she kind of helped me shift over in our organization. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. Like I think at the end of the day for me, I'm a producer you know, like I love producing things. And I think theater for me, I produced theater. I produced and then going into marketing, producing moments and events, producing events, you know, and like all of that stuff. And I feel like there's some things that sort of go across. And for you, that's an interesting, I mean, you're kind of a producer developer as well. Not a developer ones and zeros, but yeah, right. Yeah. Like, but I also, I think that's a lot of who, who are in tech as well. 
the builders, the creators, the curious, all of that. Um, do you have a favorite way to chill out, relax, get away from it that you want to share with folks? Yeah, and I guess these also tie back into uh, the the COVID conversation too of sure. new hobbies found since COVID, which is always <laughs> right. a, a fun one. I'm yeah. not a bread baker because I'm allergic to gluten, so I had to pick okay. something else. Right. Um, I thought I had a black thumb, but then I moved to Florida and everything grows. So I've been doing a lot of gardening <laughs> <laughs> and it's been wildly rewarding. Yeah. And it, because sometimes when you're building stuff, to your point of being that producer, you don't always get to see what happens after you plant those seeds. So to literally see what I can grow in my garden from this seat where I am at my desk, um, I find so powerful. And also it's such a cool analogy for intranets, right? Where it's not this moment in time or anything you're building in Microsoft 365, you're planting seeds, then you're watering, then you're weeding, then you're harvesting, (laughs) then you're planting new seeds, right? So I'm always out there pulling these weeds being like, oh, this is how I have to talk about something with a client. You know, it's that white space where all of a sudden these ideas come. Yeah, that's super awesome. I love it. Um, You're so fun to talk to. And I, I I see why the teaching and the like, how, how you explain things to people. And that's, I think that's a gift, you know, and it's, a, you. it's a honed gift, you know, over time by doing it and doing it, but like, that's really cool. And I'm glad that that's what you're doing for your career. You know, it's, thank you. Yeah. Fourth grade. I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Little did I know I was just going to teach in a different career. So yeah. I okay. guess I was right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to take you to our last question. Yeah. Sure. Uh, is, yeah. I ask everybody this one. Uh, I'm very interested in moments and sparks in our lives and uh, curious for you to share with our listeners a moment, you know, person, place, thing uh, that really seats you in who you are today. So, um, to lead up to the moment, yeah. I was interested first in going to University of Washington for maybe psychology. Then I changed and I went to art school. And then I was like, art's not totally the thing like we talked about. I ended up headed towards English literature. I love working on these systems in my job. And I always felt like I had this really disconnected experience and path. Mm-hmm. And then I had gone to SB TechCon Austin and I saw Sue Hanley talk and I learned about user experience and information architecture. And I see the intersection of the art, the science, the psychology, the tech. And I had this mind blowing moment of, wait, this is all a thing. Um, And ever since then, I've just been absolutely obsessed in learning everything that I can about it. That's so cool. Yeah. Sue Hanley is amazing. She's definitely an inspiration for so many people. The uh, governance goddess guru and greatness for sure. So yeah, SP TechCon, I have a big warm spot for it too. I remember when that show started, when it was just a, a twinkle in everybody's eye. And I, I've been at that show a number, a number of times. And with the women in SharePoint that we both are parts of and we're at, you know, shout out to Kathy Dew and all the ladies who started that uh, so long ago. SP TechCon was one of the, was probably the first conference that really embraced a women in tech conversation, you know, um, those lunches and then turning into sessions and all of that. So yeah, I have a big soft spot for that show too. So (laughs) that's cool. Oh my goodness. So what's, what's, what's exciting in the next bit for you? 
Whew. So I'd say coming up in, aside from maturity model practitioners happening in March, yep. that's a really big one I'm psyched for. The other one is I'm co-presenting with Derek Cash-Peterson at Global Con 5 about introduction uh-huh. to engaging user experiences in the power platform. So another what, thing what? that we kind of have a little okay. in common over there. Yeah, right on. Ex- expanding my comfort zone into the power platform, which has been a ton of fun with him. Okay. Awesome. That's great. Well, everybody, you're going to have to tune into that. So they always put on a great event as well. So, and such great content training and everything else. So yay. Well, to follow you on the Twitterati's and all of those places, what's, what's your handle out there? At EE Mancini. And then emilymancini.com is my website. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Y'all please follow Miss Emily. She's awesome. And she's got great content and she's such a delight. So thank you for being on the pod today and sharing your story with our listeners. Thanks so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to chat. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to do it again soon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody, that has been another Mavens Do It Better podcast. And here is to another beautiful day on this big blue spinning sphere. Thanks everybody. And thank you, Emily. Thanks, Heather. Awesome. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.